What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period and All the Above Podcast Extra. We like to drop these in between our full episodes. Our full episodes are colossal, and we have super dope guests, and we also film it and throw it on the YouTubes, and all that stuff takes a while to edit, especially since we are full-time educators. So yeah, in between those full episodes, which come every two weeks, we drop these audio-only passing periods. And um, if you listen to last week's passing period, you know why we are having two passing periods in a row. And that's because uh, my co-host, Jeffrey Garrett, is on vacation. And, you know, this is, he's a Mr. Super Duper Administrator person who, because he works during the summer, his, his vacations don't always line up with the traditional school year calendar. So it's just me, Manuel Rustin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. But since he wasn't going to be here, um, you know, we figured we'd get a substitute, somebody to fill in. And uh, any moment now, we should have that substitute showing up to, to fill in for Jeff since he's enjoying his vacation. And I. Hey, uh, Dr. Rustin. Yeah. Dr. Rustin. Jeff. Uh, that is indeed. Uh, Dude, Jeff. you're supposed to be am, on vacation, I am, man. I am supposed to be on vacation, but uh, it turns out that they couldn't find a substitute to cover for me this week. So I had to come in, man. Had to come in. Oh, man. Couldn't find coverage? What are you even talking about? What the heck? <laughs> Unheard of. I know, especially this year. Uh, you know, it's um, shocking, I imagine, to a teacher like yourself. <laughs> well, never, never heard of having to cover somebody else because there was no sub for it. Never heard of that, Jeff. I thought we were fully staffed everywhere, fully robust, back to a reimagined education system where all the support, everything's in place. Sub shortage. Uh -huh. What's that about, that's, man? That's, that's, that's a lovely vision you had there. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I think we should jump into this, to this topic, but I think we should probably preface it for our non-teacher or non-school-based educator audience, just, just to make sure they get the picture, right? Yep. So like in many professions in this country and around the world, if a person is sick, if a person has to care for a sick child or um, you know a, a family member who's in the hospital, or if they um, you know have to take a day off because they have to go to a doctor's appointment or something, um, or if they're going on vacation with their family, okay? Um, there are a few things that can happen in the workplace. One of them is if they had like a presentation to do, someone else maybe covers that presentation, right? But in lots and lots of types of jobs in this country, what happens is either someone else is given like an extra shift, you know, like, hey, you know, you can get time and a half to come in and work this day or you want more hours or whatever in, in sort of the hourly space or in the more white collar professional space. Like when your doctor is out, they close the office and then nobody gets seen until the doctor is back. OK, um, now or if the attorney is out, you know, like you wait until the attorney is back and then they will consult with you or whatever. Right. Um, in education, that's not how it works. If Dr. Rustin is sick and wakes up in the morning, is like, hey, I'm not feeling good. I really, you know, I can't go to school. And especially in this COVID-19 world where it's like I can't go to school because I'm symptomatic and I have to you know, be out for a period of time. The kids are still going to be at school. They don't, you know, keep the kids home. So someone has to cover the classroom. And there are limited numbers of people at school who can cover classrooms. 
And so typically what happens is schools will call a substitute teacher in who will teach Dr. Rustin's classes for the day. But we are now in 2021 where there's a massive and persistent shortage of substitute teachers across the country from what we can gather, um, which, which results in a what's called a coverage, which is where a teacher who only gets one hour a day to plan, make copies, do these other kinds of things, by surprise, essentially gets that one hour a day taken with having to cover a portion of another teacher's classroom. And anyone who's been a teacher knows that that sucks. It's just not fun. <laughs> like it's because, you know, it really it's first of all, it's just not fun to be a sub, uh, <laughs> generally speaking. So shout out to all the subs out there. And second of all, it sucks because it's the it's the only free time. Sometimes it's like the time that you were planning to be able to go to the bathroom and now you can't do what you needed to do, right? And so it causes tremendous stress and uh, wear and tear on teachers. And it's even to the point, Manuel, uh, in this day and age where, uh, you know, there aren't always enough teachers available to do coverages because we also have a teacher shortage to begin with. So administrators, counselors, deans, you know, teachers, aides, other folks are being sort of pressed into service to cover classes because they're the only adults left on campus who can actually be in there and make sure the kids are safe and make sure, you know, Kids aren't doing wild stuff the kids do when no, no adults are around and they're hanging out with all their friends. So this is what we got going on. And I am surprised, Manuel, that um, with a quick Google search of substitute teacher shortage, you actually see like hundreds of articles from all across the country, from Idaho, Florida, California, Georgia, um, New Mexico, Nevada, basically every state in the country. And yet, radio silence on this from policymakers about what to me actually seems like a dire crisis that we got to work on right now because it's an issue. And we're only, you know, here in California, we're almost two months into the school year. A lot of places are only one month in, but we're only a little bit of the way in. We're 10 to 20 percent of the way into the year and it's rough out there right now. Um, so... Yeah, Manuel, I know you've been literally on the front lines of this issue yourself. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about it, man. Well, first of all, we call them guest teachers, okay? Sub just minimizes their educational uh, contributions and capacities. Uh, so guest teachers, Jeff, get that right. Um, okay. I have not heard that before. That's a new one, but I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we call them at our school. Um, I mean, most people still just say sub, but yeah, guest teacher has, I guess, a more uh, professional ring to it. In any case, yeah, it's rough, man. It's rough. Now I teach at the high school level. So to your point, we have like one period off and that's your one period to do everything you got to do from grading to planning to making copies and all that stuff. And when it is pulled from you, when it is stripped from your clutches at the last moment, because they don't have enough substitutes to cover classes so now they got to pull on teachers to cover it is rough man there's nothing like having like a mental picture of like okay i am going to spend this many minutes doing this this many minutes doing that i got to respond to this email i got to use the restroom this and that and then getting that phone call like we need you to cover so-and-so's class and now you can't do any of the stuff you're planning on and it's not like okay i just got to put it push it off to later in the day like no there is no other moment in the day for you to do that stuff so now you are you are stuck so it is rough jeff and 
you know, it's for our school district, we did increase substitute daily rates uh, to $200 a day to try to attract more folks to come in. But it's, it's, it's a big ask because basically we're still in a pandemic. We are, it's, it's never been fun to be a substitute teacher and to go into an environment, uh, unfamiliar environment where everyone's, you know, some, maybe some people are wearing masks, maybe not. Well, at our school site, everyone's wearing a mask, but you know, in the midst of this pandemic and cover, and especially nowadays because of the shortage, you wouldn't necessarily be covering in like one classroom all day. They might be bouncing you around to fill uh, the various needs across the campus. Like that's a that's a rough time, man, especially for those who are uh, particularly concerned about the Delta variant and all of that. So it is tough. So as a classroom teacher, yeah, we've received the message loud and clear from our school leaders that due to the shortage, we have to cover classes. Before it was like a, you know, if they called you to cover someone's class, you could decline and, you know, they'd call someone else. But we're at the point now where it's like, nah, like we, we really need you to. But thankfully, we've organized it in such a way that um, most of us know ahead of time, kind of, that we, um, that our name might be next on the list. So there's like a shared Google Doc. And I know that on Thursdays, my first period, I have off. I know now to like mentally prepare myself for the possibility that I won't have that period. So, you know, I do what I got to do beforehand or earlier before school, uh, just in case I get that phone call to cover a class. That way I'm not stuck. So for me personally, as a classroom teacher, it helps to know ahead of time that that call might be coming and it's less stressful, less anxiety, less all that. But yeah, covering a class, nobody wants to do that. It's easier now though. It's easier now than it used to be back in the day. I've been teaching for a long time, Jeff. This is year 18 for me. And I remember my first couple years teaching and then having to go cover someone's class and the kids like they don't recognize you, they don't know you, they're loud, they're crazy, they're taking advantage of you. There's kids in there that aren't supposed to be in there, but you don't know that, but they all they're all in a, in on it and it's just, you know, that picture of like being a sub and just like the catastrophe <laughs> that could come sometimes. But that's changed yeah. a lot, especially at my school site. We're a small enough school. Most students are at least like recognize most staff members. So it's not like they consider you or look at you as a stranger. And since so much is digital now, since since our school district, like so many other school districts, requires teachers to post their, their assignments and things like that digitally online for students to access, for students who have to quarantine or whatever, now, I myself don't have to go to another teacher's classroom necessarily. Instead, their students could be sent to my classroom, which totally shifts the dynamic. So when I have a, a class mm. come into my room, they're most of them, if they've never been in my room before, they're like looking around and, you know, I got all kinds of stuff on the walls and stuff. And, and I welcome them into my space where like, I feel much more comfortable. They sort of understand the dynamic a little bit different. Like they are guests in my space and I welcome them warmly and they each have their Chromebooks and they access their whatever uh, work their teacher wants them to do through their Chromebook. And it's been real, real chill at my school site this year. Like I am now like okay with covering a class if that class could be sent to my room so I could still work on the things I got to work on while they uh, sit there and, and do what they got to do on their Chromebooks. So that's, that's my experience, but that's high school. You know, I, I think at the elementary level, gotta be much more complicated and much more difficult dealing with the little kids. I would imagine you would know something about that though, Jeff, wouldn't you? 
I, well, I would know a little about that, not from experience, because I wasn't uh, an elementary teacher myself. I was, I was also a high school teacher. But, um, but that's really interesting what you said there at the end, Manuel, because I haven't actually been having the depth, I guess, of conversation with people about, uh, about the concept that you just raised of like bringing classes, you know, because they just need their Chromebook and they've got all the resources yeah. they need, right? They don't have to be in the room with like all the textbooks and all the, you know, or whatever. So that's fascinating. And I'm glad that that feels, uh, is feeling better for you and helping this not feel quite so overwhelming. I, I hope that is something that lots of other people might be able to take advantage of as well. Um, but but you're right uh, to come, come back to your question about elementary folks. It's particularly tight on elementary folks right now, man, because um, in elementary, in a lot of districts, and this is to the great shame, both of our profession and um, to the, the political structures that allow this to be the, the reality, Elementary teachers don't get preps in the same way that secondary teachers get prep. Uh, this is t prep periods during the day. They usually, you know, get lunch and, and then like have to pretty much be supervising kids the rest of the day. And um, or they might get a sh very small chunk of time to do some like common planning with their colleagues while the kids are being you know, supervised at recess or something of that nature. Um, and so what elementary folks are having to do is do like combining classes or split classes, right? So like if, Manuel, if you're out, you're 25 kids, you know, we'll put five of them with this fifth grade teacher and five of them with that fifth grade teacher, and five, you know, that's, that's uh, what schools have to do sometimes. And, you know, in some ways that can be like better than just having to do a coverage, but, you know, it creates problems. There might not be enough furniture in the classroom for all the kids. There's, um, you know, you're disrupting the routine of those students, you know, pretty dramatically for that day. So that can trigger certain kinds of reactions or behaviors. Um, you know, activities where you had planned materials for things. Maybe you don't have enough materials now to do it with all, you know, 35 kids instead of just 30 kids. And then you just got more bodies to have to supervise, right? Or, or um, give attention to. And that's hard, man. Anybody who's run a birthday party with like seven, eight-year-olds and been exhausted at the end of the day, Imagine teaching 35 of them, <laughs> you know, every day for 180 days a year. Okay. So it is, um, this is, a, this is an issue right now, Manuel. And I would argue it is a crisis that is going to have a snowballing effect. Right now we're in the phase of people are annoyed, people are frustrated, people are tired, but they're still going. When teachers are annoyed and frustrated and tired, two things start to happen. One, they start getting burnt out and getting sick and then having to miss days themselves, yep. which exacerbates the problem. And then over the slightly longer term, they wind up quitting and move, you know, or moving to a different district where there's, you know, it's not quite as intense in that way or, um, you know, doing something else. I'm going to go into real estate or whatever. Right. Um, and you mentioned something earlier about your district raised substitute pay to $200 a day. And I, for some reason, I think in, in our heads, that might seem like, oh, well, that's pretty good. Okay. Slow your roll. Okay. <laughs> $200 a day. Uh, now, while certainly not a destitute poverty wage, right? This is not like the $5 an hour wage. Um, but if you worked every day, 
if you were a substitute teacher in your district and every day of the year you, you picked up a job and you took it at $200 a day, you would have made $36,000 at the end of the school year, okay? Now, in the Los Angeles area, there's very few places where you can live comfortably off $36,000 a year um, as an adult who needs a car and wants to live in relative close proximity to where you work and you know pay for utilities, cell phone, food, all that kind of stuff. I mean, $36,000 is effectively a poverty wage even for a single adult here in California. And just because there are some people who are even poorer than that does not mean that $36,000 makes your life comfortable, okay? Particularly if that $36,000 is not coming with benefits that are actually you know, affordable to use for you, right? Um, with all the co-pays and co-insurance and all the scams that they run on us here. So um, it's funny that that increase, dramatic increase to $200 a day still gives you a broke wage, um, you know, here uh, in California. And that's a temporary increase, or at least for now, temporary increase in substitute teacher wages, which maybe gives us some insight into why we have such a shortage of substitute teachers right now, because who's going to go risk? I mean, I shouldn't say it quite so dramatically, but you can imagine how people would assess the situation and say, is it worth the risk to go into a crowded school where I'm, I am taking risk with a, a largely unvaccinated or, I mean, in high school, it's maybe a little different, but certainly for the younger grades, a largely or entirely unvaccinated student population, right, um, with a cross-section of a whole community that I'm interacting with every day all at once, um, you know, that's, that's a big health risk for people to take right now. For relatively little pay to do a job that's actually like really essential for an important public institution, um, you know, you can see how the layers of this problem are starting to add up and kind of bite us in the butt right now. Yeah, you're right. And this is before like whatever winter might have in store. I mean, you know, we're living in a reality now where even if you wake up, even with just like the sniffles, you're supposed to stay home just in case it's COVID. So, you know, winter time always brings more and more of that around. And in terms of teachers waking up with the sniffles and now like, okay, I shouldn't go in responsibly. I shouldn't go in. Um, and students as well, like all of that, like just kind of like adds on to the existing challenge of the shortages that exist across you know most industries right now but also just the ongoing impact that the pandemic has had on kids education because you're dealing with you know if you're a student picture you're a student you're showing up and there's your your teacher is out so now you have a guest teacher and maybe there's a sign on the door saying go report to dr russin's class and you're going over there and you're logging into your chromebook and this is a time more than ever that students like really need that human connection that human interaction because they just experienced a year and a half of online or hybrid learning in most areas and this this is not the reimagined education space that we were hoping for in terms of a place where we could really uh, address students' holistic needs right now. And that's that's tough, man. And as a high school teacher, I recently was in a position where I did have to cover two classes at once and because we were so short. So it was like, yo, can you cover this ninth grade English class? All right, I got you. I'm covering them. And then it's like, oh, this biotech class needs coverage too. And we have literally nobody. So you mentioned early on, like, like, 
we it's not just about not having enough subs, but there might not even be enough teachers to cover. So then you have coaches covering, instructional coaches covering. We have our uh, magnet coordinators covered, counselors covering, like all these other folks. And, and this was a situation where even with all that, there wasn't enough coverage. So I was like, yo, I'll cover them both, send them both, you know, to my room. And thankfully, one of the classes was was rather small. So I was like, okay, I got some ninth graders here for English. I got some 11th and 12th graders here for biotechnology and open up your Chromebook, see what your teacher left to you. That's pretty much the deal. Gone are the days, at least gone for now, are the days of the substitute teacher or the guest teacher uh, being given a, a detailed lesson plan and, and walking through students through that instruction. So, you know, back in the day, if I was covering somebody's class and that person happened to be a, a history or an English teacher, like I could definitely do their lesson. If they left it for me, left the stack of materials and step-by-step, step, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm educating kids, I'm teaching them, you know? And now it's like, uh, open up your Chromebook and see what your teacher left you because your teacher didn't know who would be covering you in the first place. So they certainly didn't leave me any materials. And I got some biotech kids. I got some English kids. Y'all ain't doing the same thing. So I can do nothing but take role and babysit you. And Jeff, this, this whole open up your Chromebook and see if there's anything there from your teacher. Premier pedagogy right there, man. Premier pedagogy. Uh, and, and by yeah, the way, man. I say pedagogy. I think some people say pedagogy. I don't know which one's right, but I'm team pedagogy over here. But yeah, that premier pedagogy of like, jump on the computer, see if there's something there, work on that, stay quiet, wait for the bell to ring. Yeah, man. It's kind of sad, man, but we're surviving and I wish we could be thriving right now, but we are in a survive for now and hope for a better spring um, type of situation right now in a lot of places, in yeah. a lot of places. No, I, 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 I feel you on that. I think that's right. And I, I will also say, though, I don't know that the old way of, like, leaving your sub packets was any better, You're instructionally right. speaking, You're right. than, what, than what you just described. Like, because a lot of teachers, I'm going to keep it real now, because I was that administrator who had to collect those sub packets and give them out, uh, you know, to whoever was covering or the sub. And, you know, a lot of people leave some bullshit in those packets, okay? Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like some totally irrelevant worksheet, and it only takes 10 minutes to complete, and the kids don't really want to complete it anyway. Like, there's a lot of problems in the, you <laughs> in are the correct. substitute you are correct. world, which, which, funny enough, Manuel, I think is a data point that we don't necessarily think a lot about, like, what it means, right? Which is... You know, just because you plug in Manuel Rustin into the equation doesn't mean who has years of experience, multiple advanced degrees, lots of skill with teaching kids doesn't mean you're going to get great learning because the relationship is really such a fundamental part of what sets the stage for the learning. Right. In addition to all the contextual stuff about like. You know, do you know what the lesson was yesterday? Probably not. So you don't have the ability to like right. point out like, hey, this is like yesterday when we had that funny moment and we were talking about that thing. It's just like that. You know, you can't do those things. Right. Right. And so the, the difficulty of being a sub is maybe one of the, the most important data points we have about how central relationships are to teaching and learning. Right. Because you can't just plug in a person no matter how skilled they are and expect to get the same result. Right. So, but um, all that to say, man, well, circling back, I'm curious from your perspective, what are you hearing from your colleagues or from other educators as like, what toll is this 
current crisis we're having around substitutes and teachers being asked to do many, many more coverages, what toll is this taking? Are you are you concerned about it? Are you feeling like you know we're doing okay with it? Like what 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 are you seeing? No, I'm I'm very concerned about it. And again, I can only speak from uh, the high school perspective in terms of my own personal experience. But yeah, it is wearing us down. Like wearing us down. Like it's it's nice to know ahead of time that I might be called upon. It's you know mentally it helps me sort of arrange my day around it. But it is tough, man. And and to see so many other folks, you know, our our counselors and other you know coaches and other positions on campus also have to cover. That means they're not able to do what what they need to do during the day. And it's it it just really feels like survival. It feels like survival, and it's not sustainable. By any means, it is not sustainable. And hopefully, I, I don't know what the future holds in terms of our economy overall and, and employment overall, but hopefully we get to a point where we could be fully staffed and and no longer have to have to function under these conditions right now. But it is this is not sustainable at all. Like not. Like think and also I sh I should add, I should add, um, we're at a point now, I guess technically it's always been the case, but I never fully understood it. But like when when we do have to give up our our one off period to cover another class, we do get um, uh, you know pay for that. So we'd have timesheets that we could fill out. So we do get compensated. And for me personally, and probably for a lot of probably for most uh, teachers, it's not really about the pay. Like the compensation, the, the whatever dollar amount they give doesn't really make up for uh, the peace of mind that I lost <laughs> and not being able to fully prepare yeah. or or spend more time assessing the student work or spend more time thinking about my lesson plan. It, it doesn't make up for that at all. And it's just something that is entirely unsustainable. Certainly the folks who have already left the profession because of their pandemic teaching experience, certainly those numbers will just continue to increase if if it keeps going like this. Just like you said, Jeff, like the, the wear and tear, the, when teachers are overworked and unhappy and frustrated and all that stuff, like more and more of them decide to leave the profession. And that's exactly what I would expect to have happen. Like this is the untenable situation here. And I don't really know, aside from us as a nation, really handling the pandemic well and really getting things in order, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, I don't really know what we're going to do or what moves should be made to really like get us to the staffing levels we need to to be at. I don't even know if increasing, you know, sub pay, you mentioned that $200 uh, a day for a sub doesn't really do much for you in Los Angeles. But even even if we increase pay, I don't know if that's necessarily going to increase the numbers of subs um, very much. I think more than just numbers gotta be gotta be put there. I think definitely some outreach towards folks who who would be good candidates for um, being guest teachers or being substitute teachers. Um, you know, I don't know what school districts are doing to try to reach out to folks who who are um, you know maybe recent college grads or maybe grad students and, and maybe folks who could take a day or two out of out of their week to go and, and uh, fill in at their local school. I don't know if districts are looking at that or doing any of that. I don't know. I just know this ain't sustainable, man. Like this ain't, if this is just the new reality, the new normal, nah, nah, I will not, I will, you would not see me in this school system for, for very many more years as, as in addition to the 18 I've already spent. Not if this is the new normal, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th this is my worry, man. Well, and that's you. You are probably among the most dedicated 
teachers that I that I know. And that's by no means to disparage anyone else. I know lots of <laughs> really de- dedicated teachers. But I will I will say I think your level of commitment and willingness to sacrifice is above average. Let's let's just say that, right? <laughs> like that's not necessarily typical of the average educator across the profession. And uh, and you're saying that, right? So like folks who are in tighter situations, right? Financially, things are really hard at home or kids are sick or, you know, caring for elders or other, you know, layering on top of things that like aren't uh, necessarily all challenges you are facing in the moment. I, you know, I think it's kind of a recipe for disaster. And I don't want to be a doomsday-ish person, but I do feel like we got to pay attention to this in a way that we're not right now. Like we need policymakers to pay attention to this. And we need to maybe start thinking more radically about what it means. Like maybe we need to start reducing days in the school year or something to like give people time off or, you know, have have certain days where we're like, you know what, we're going to be virtual on Friday or whatever, because Fridays and Mondays are always the like roughest sub days, you know, and districts will have big districts can have hundreds of sub vacancies that don't get filled on those days. Right. Yeah. And so teachers are doing those coverages. And maybe what we need to do is say we're just doing Zoom school on those days. And like we're going to cut this, problem, you know, nip this problem off and we'll see you in person on Tuesday when everyone's back, you know. So that's just one idea. But like, I think we really have to think about how we address this problem yeah you are correct you are correct we shall see i think the the attention to this problem i think everybody within the school systems for sure and a lot of folks outside of education are aware of the shortage Uh, as you said just google substitute shortage and see all the coverage of it so the whole like whoa it's that bad i think we, we've, we've crossed that threshold and now it's like the, what are we seriously and honestly going to do about it? Because yeah, and I feel for administrators out there too, man. Shout out to all the principals, assistant principals, everybody out there who's you know waking up each morning and realizing like, oh, this person's out, this person's out. What are we gonna do here? What are we gonna do there? It's a, it's a scramble, it's a mad scramble in a lot of places. And especially shout out to the elementary teachers for whom this is even more challenging because you can't simply just, you know, have the kids pull up the Chromebook and just sit there quietly and do some stuff. Like I have the benefit of being able to tell whatever classes I'm covering, yo, hop on the Chromebook, see what's there. And I'm at my computer knocking out what I got to do before my classes start. Uh, I have the privilege of doing that. I know elementary teachers don't have that same privilege. So shout out to y'all too. Shout out to everybody out there that's doing the best they can. These are difficult times. And I feel like we've been saying that for a very long time, Jeff. These are difficult times. Like whether it's the sub shortage, whether it's the critical race theory arguments and conversations, folks storming school boards, whether it's folks bullying teachers or schools over masks. And in, in, uh, in California, we have a vaccine mandate coming down the down the pipeline eventually soon for the whole state. Some large districts already did that. So now we're gonna see what impact that has on uh, staff shortages when, when there's more mandates in place to make sure the staff are vaccinated. Uh, this just, it's a lot, man, it's a lot. But here we are, AOTA family together, discussing, exploring, considering, supporting, and uh, making our way through it because we know education is vital to the health and welfare of our our young people, but also to our nation, our, our society. So 
shout out to all of y'all, man. We in this together. Teamwork, make the dream work. We're going to be okay. And Jeff, I'm sorry you had to uh, sacrifice your vacation day <laughs> to jump here on uh, this passing period because we didn't have coverage for it. But, I, you know, it's all good, man. It's all good. Maybe that's the answer. Just uh, no more personal that's time. It. Just work, work, work. Uh, sacrifice. <laughs> sacrifice yourself. That is to the, fill the gaps. Uh, um, that's the... <laughs> That's an Upton Sinclair novel right there. Yes, there, there's a certain line of thinking through which, yes, that is the answer. We'll just work them to death and they'll be grateful for their freedom. How about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. There we have it, folks. There we have it. All right. Well, it's time for y'all to go ahead and get to class. So we do appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening, tuning in, tuning in. All that good stuff. We'll be back at you next weekend with another All of the Above. We appreciate y'all. Please consider uh, writing us a little review if you haven't already. Those go a long way. And um, yeah, we love y'all. Get to class.